But yeah, I think uh Sebastian's woman is gonna be having to be a special type of woman. She's not a special type, but you know. I think most women are special type women. We are. In their own dynamic. Well, I think it just comes down to what attributes surpass other attributes. Mm-hmm. I think most of the time people allow what they're used to to dictate themselves, which is crazy to me. Because no matter, like every time you deal with somebody, you're dealing with a new person. But people Mm -hmm. try to present the same person they've always been to the new person. Mm -hmm. But then they modify every person. So the person that you started out as and the person that you currently are is different. It's accepted because it's considered as growth. But you got to look at the negative nuances with those changes. Because a lot of people just walking around with defense mechanisms and calling to their personality. Uh, that's just the way I am. I don't, no. That's a very poor excuse that people use in this current day and time. It's bullshit. Hmm. Well, a lot of Especially people, with the, the goal in mind. Whatever the goal you're trying to get to, you got to be willing to do certain things to make this happen. It's not going to happen with the same behavior that you had for all those years. Unless it's something that you just feel in your core shouldn't be changed. And if that's the case, then maybe whoever you're dealing with isn't the person for you. But otherwise, you got to be open to change. Like, you don't allow somebody else to change you at your core. It depends. Your core fucked up. It might need to be changed. It depends on who's defining as being fucked up. If you're a woman beater and that's at your core because you were abused as a child, that's yeah. fucked up. I mean, what are your no, core values then? No, I mean, I look at it as in how you say, I talk to people harsh because my granddad spoke to me harsh as a child. That's still a learned behavior, according know, to what I you just said. That, I, I don't look at that as your core. I look at things that you genuinely feel comes from your soul, not just something you saw somebody else do. Like, oh, well, they do it, so I do it too. Give me an example of something that is a core something value. Something you learn on your own, not just from seeing somebody else do it. Like what? Oh no, Because I don't really think I have a set of core values like most people supposedly do. So I can't really give you a good example on that. Like I'm not the person who has this set of policies in their mind of what must go this way because I saw somebody else do it. What's your definition of core value? Maybe that'll help me answer the question itself. I mean, it's in the title, like. I mean, but what makes it a core value? Something that when does, just. When does it initiate? The seriousness of it. When does it kick in, or it doesn't have a time frame? It don't have a time frame. A core value is just something that you hold true to yourself. It's something personal. It's. it's I feel you, this way. This is do my you core feel value. That way because you just grew up in an environment of seeing it and just believe it's correct because it's what you saw as a child? I mean, it's, it's, I consider it to be anything that you believe is truthful about yourself and how you operate. So you operate this way, you feel like this is something that I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of men feel like I'm just supposed to throw money at women and they do what they, they do what they're supposed to do. Why do they feel that way? Because that's what they were taught 
mm-hmm. instructed, and that's what they've seen. That's what they've heard women say. So over time, it became no. It's it's, it's this is this is the, this is why I started. Like a lot of men start out dating, they walk up. You know what I'm saying? You got to get the girl number, fam. And you get her number, and then you start talking to her on the phone, and then you can bust a move. And then after you bust a move, you know what I'm saying, you got a first date. You know what I'm saying, you always try to kiss after the first date. You know what I'm saying, after that. You know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. date number three, you should be trying to, like, you know what I'm saying, trying to do something, do something. So that's how it's, <laughs> how it's operating. Like, in society, that's how it's structured. So Say society's definition of how a relationship or whatever this is called should initiate? I mean, if you look at how the, like, the relationship dynamic when it's portrayed on TV is what society is trying to push as the normal. Okay. So what society is trying to push as the normal is you walk up to this female, you introduce yourself, you get some form of contact. Mm-hmm. Once you get the form of contact, you start talking, you ask out on a date, or you ask out on a date the date when you first see them. You go on a date, you introduce yourself. At the end of the date, if you like this person and she like you, there's a kiss. If they really like you, it's an invitation upstairs for coffee. But that's just what society instructs us of something that's normal. We're not talking about that. That's, that's splitting hairs. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> what I'm saying is, is that you, let's say we're going to take two core values. One is somebody who believes in going to church. Okay. That's something that's taught to you. Nobody is born going to church in the instance of saying, I want to go. It's instilled in you so much that, like, like the Bible says, Train up a child in the way that he should go when he gets old. He won't depart from it. The reason why you don't depart from it is because it's ingrained or ingratiated in you so far that you don't know anything else. Like on Sundays at 11 o'clock, I feel some type of way because I'm not at church sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's lax up now because I have a retail job in which I work on Sundays. Mm-hmm. But when I was at Loomis, every day I woke up and didn't go to church on Sunday. By like 11.30, I'm sitting up like, I'm supposed to be at church. And I have to sit there and go, I ain't going. And I like have to like force it, but <coughs> we're gonna say somebody that goes to church is somebody that is abusive. Now, the abusive person he saw his dad grab his mama mm-hmm. and say like, "Bitch, where the fuck you think you're going? Mm-hmm. Don't walk away from me." Mm-hmm. He thinks he has to be this over domineering figure because women need a domineering domineering figure around them. Mm-hmm. So if that's what he truly believes in his heart. And that's how he operates. Those are one of his core values. I have to be dominating around my woman. I have to make my woman feel like I'm the man in the relationship. Mm -hmm. That's one of his core values. But if he's walking around here with that ideology of abuse as trying to convince his woman that he's the man in the relationship, that's not something that's supposed to stay the same. So all core values aren't positive. All core values aren't something that's should be celebrated or championed. Like some of those things are need to be modified over time. Mm-hmm. Some of those things are the negative aspects of a personality that's showing the ugly heads. True. So when you genuinely think about what you use when you go from person to person, if the dynamic that you're initiating with another person, if that has become something that's Flawed. That's something you have to address inside yourself. Mm-hmm. And when things happen to you, you try to protect yourself from what hurt you. That's okay. human nature. Like if you if you fall and you scrape your knee, the first time you do that, the next time you trip, your hands are gonna automatically jump out to protect yourself from falling. Mm-hmm. It's it's automatically gonna become like second nature for you. Mm-hmm. It's not something you think about. It's your body's natural reaction to protect yourself. 
So we can agree that your body naturally tries to protect itself, correct? Mm-hmm. So what do you think your emotions or your, your, your psychosis does when something happens to you? You immediately try to protect yourself from getting hurt. Yeah, it creates a fear. Because mm-hmm. you see the pattern of this happening again, or you know the feeling of it. Yeah. So. Or it creates a numbness. Creates a what? A numbness depends on who we're talking about. So even even still, it's still a reaction. Yeah. The reaction it's a defense mechanism. Mm-hmm. Just like when you fall and you stick your hands out, that's a defense mechanism. Mm-hmm. It's not something that necessarily you think about. It's just something you think you need to protect yourself at this moment. Mm-hmm. Whenever you do that, though, you create the opportunity to hurt yourself further. True. When you brace yourself before you fall, you're tensing the muscles around your body that when they do hit something hard, it's, it's a higher probability that you will break a bone. That's why people that are asleep in the middle of accidents never get hurt for real. Like people that fall asleep on the road, if, mm-hmm. if they hit something, their body moves freely throughout the car. Mm-hmm. So the impact that they make is just natural impact. Except when you brace yourself and you hit something, you're more liable to break something. So, that's why they teach football players to fall certain ways when they get hit mm-hmm. to reduce the impact on the rest of their body. It's best to fall on your back or hit your shoulder, so to speak. Anyway. That's dope. When I'm you... I'm thinking about who's actually been hurt in an accident where they fell asleep in the car. Like DJ did. DJ fell asleep in the car. The girl Brittany did on Facebook. I mean, she got beat up by the cops, but she wasn't injured by her accident. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's dope. So, your defense system kicks in to say, protect me. And when you do that, you create an opportunity to be hurt further. And now you're in fear of it happening again. So, you protect yourself from stuff that isn't even happening to you. This is how insecurity is born. But how do you decipher which is which when it's the same pattern? Because you look at what... If you're all... If you... If you can't walk without thinking about falling, something's wrong. Mm-hmm. You're doing something that comes naturally. Mm-hmm. So always thinking about the instance in which you might fail at it is like, is, is borderline crazy. Okay. It's like... The, I get it in that particular instance. I don't in regards to insecurities with relationships, which is what we're referring to. If, if you're walking around your relationship always looking for the bad shit, that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's insecurity. If you always do that, yeah. But if you tense up when you see that pattern striking up, that's not... That's normal. But what do you consider the pattern? Whatever it is that had happened in the past that you told your partner about and it still continues to happen. Let's look at it this way. I got you. I get what you're saying. You're saying if you trip, like you trip, <laughs> you need to stick your hands out to protect yourself from falling, right? And you're thinking about the instance in which you tripped. Well, the last time I tripped, I was coming down the steps and I missed a step. If that's the only time that you trip, then yeah. Or well, I was trying to walk up, I tried to step up over a curb and I raised my foot high enough. If that has happened several times, then yeah. Okay. Both of those instances happened from you, though. True. So the only person that you need to have an insecurity towards is yourself. And that is yourself. Saying that I don't walk around curbs no more. Or saying I'm not going to go down steps no more. That's, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. So that's what involves the other person. Your insecurity should be it's inside you. It's not it's not an out security. Mm-hmm. Like it's not saying I need protection from you. I need to protect myself mm-hmm. from you. 
that's why I feel like it's 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 it's, it's hard to, to 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 process sometimes because some people will look at well this person did this to me so when I see these things right here I get defensive when I see curbs and steps I, I get in my feelings or I don't feel comfortable or we could just learn how to navigate curbs and steps that way we don't fall. We take our time. We pace ourselves. We don't rush through it. We understand that this is an environment where there's a need to learn something. Mm-hmm. We pay attention to the surrounding area to say, okay, this is what this is. This is the way that acts. This is all that it does. Okay, cool. So let me learn how to navigate this. Like you don't deal with people based off your behavior or what you're used to. You deal with people based off who they are. And I think that's a lot of people's problems. A lot of people want to deal with people based on how they want to deal with them, not how the person naturally is. If I deal with somebody who likes to sing, like Sandra, so to speak, I come from a family of people that like to sing. Mm -hmm. So I'm used to being around somebody that likes singing. Mm -hmm. So if I met somebody and they like singing, I'm not going to feel some type of way about it. But if I come from a family of people who couldn't sing and they made me feel bad because I could, then now that behavior is inside of me to say, well, when people sing, it makes me, like, I, I want to feel comfortable singing, but my, my, the people I've been around have made me feel uncomfortable about singing. Because they, they made me feel bad about my talent. So now I don't want to showcase my talent. So I know how to sing, but I don't necessarily like to. That's not something you can blame on the person you're around, though. No, I'm not saying, like, you blame the other person. I mean, the, the idea that you were getting were insecurities, things that most people project until their partner, until their partner, when it's something that should be dealt with within self. That particular scenario doesn't line up with the idea that you were going towards. I'm not comfortable singing. Your partner ain't tried to make you sing. They ain't tried to dog you out for not singing. I'm saying they, they encouraging it, but you don't want to. I get that. But, okay, know. okay, scrap it. <laughs> I got more than one analogy. If if the person you are around is possessive, meaning they don't want you to do certain things, they don't want you around certain people. Because they feel like it pulls you away from them. Is it because they feel that way or is it because they've actually seen it in the past? What's their genuine intent behind let's, let's, them not wanting have you, to Have you seen this Christmas, right? Not enough to refer to details like you feel trying to point out. No, no, it's not even a detail. You've seen this Christmas. Like the movie with Chris Brown in it. I know what you're talking about, but I ain't seen it enough to recall a scene like you feel try to refer to. <laughs> Fuck it. Okay. <laughs> the woman has four kids. Five kids. Okay. Of the five kids she has, her husband like her husband was a musician. Okay. Her husband left her. Okay. Because he wanted to pursue his music career. Her oldest son left her because he wanted to pursue his music career. Mm-hmm. Chris Brown is her baby boy. Chris Brown can blow. Mm-hmm. He can actually sing. And he don't want to let his mama find out 
she's because scared of that. She's scared of him leaving. Mm-hmm. But all people, all children have to leave the nest, so to speak. Mm-hmm. They're, 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 they're afforded an opportunity to go, for, go somewhere and do something with the gift that they've been given. Mm-hmm. His gift is his ability to sing. Mm-hmm. He should be pushed into that dynamic to sing. But he's not going to be because all the people in his family that have a musical ability mm-hmm. have not been shunned because of their musical ability, mm-hmm. because of what the oldest person or the first person did. Mm-hmm. So what she has built is a natural insecurity towards musicians. Mm-hmm. Every time she's around somebody that has a musical talent, she now gets in her feelings to say, I need to protect myself from this person because all they're going to do is leave me. Mm-hmm. So but that's not her, the case. In her instance... Considering it already happened twice, was that not normal for her to feel that way? The first like it's time, becoming apparent. I like get the first time. The first time was the big killer, and that was your husband. The second time, eh, I don't agree with that. Your son, like he's supposed to leave. Like you said, everybody's gonna leave the nest. At that point, so I don't really understand why it continued through her children. Now, how she had she come across another man that she was intimate with, who's an magician? Then I would see why that fear would kick in. But I, I don't understand it as far as her children. But even still, why is it a fear? Because it's happened before. That's the Why pattern. did it get to the point where he left? I don't know. I ain't been with you. I'm saying, like, think about it. I don't know. It. Why did it? Did if, she not support him? Or did him being with her create some type of barrier? Okay, like, okay, the movie we're talking about, it leaves it up for conversation. It leaves it up for dialogue. Okay, so what would you come up with? Because I haven't, like I said, I ain't seen it to the point where I can actually have a full discussion about it. I, I look at relationships like that, like any relationship. The more you support this person into doing whatever it is their dream is, the more you're a part of it, the more you act like it's your dream too, the closer they are to you in it. If you like painting, and I make painting something that's your complete environment, you never have to remove me from painting. True. I'm a part of painting. Mm -hmm. Like Fat and Toby. Mm -hmm. Fat is so ingratiated into Toby's career that they're now referred to as a unit. She don't fucking rap. Mm-hmm. She do choreography for the videos, and she's his spouse, and she she combs through his music to make sure it's on point. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, she don't. Necess- she's not necessarily a music artist. They're not Toby and Fat. It's Toby. True. So she's so ingratiated into his career and what his core beliefs is and what his values are when it comes to this music. He can't see himself without her in it. Mm-hmm. But then you have certain people who are rappers who can't see bringing a woman into it because they're not a part of that passion. They don't understand what comes along with having someone that has this ability. Mm. They don't want to, though. Because most people want to see themselves as important. And they know if they champion this passion, they're technically in a a threesome relationship. Mm. It's not us. It's me, you, and that. And a lot of people can't put their feelings of themselves aside to say, okay, this is something that's important. True. This is something that makes you happy. True. And for me to put myself over that is selfish as fuck. A lot of people don't know how to not do that. And that's insecurity. True. I don't just want it. If I'm with somebody and they're passionate about something. But to me. Like, I'm not going to stop you. I'm not going to make you feel bad about taking part in something that genuinely makes you happy. Especially if it's a true positive impact. But. Now, if it's something negative and okay, I'm not going to push you to do some shit just because you feel like it's right and I don't, we're not on the same page about that. What I'm getting at is if we go back to the this Christmas reference maybe, what if the wife had an attitude 
that was like, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm for it. You do it. Do, do whatever it is that you want to do. And what if she was like, no, I'm going to the studio with you. I'm going to push you every every chance I get. I'm going to set it? up, huh? Who's just say he allowed that or even wanted that? Maybe he wanted if I do it by myself. I mean, it don't. If, if you're dealing with somebody that wants to be with you, meaning they're around you and they don't really move anywhere else, mm-hmm. they will give you the opportunity to champion the same things that they do. When you don't is when they start to remove themselves because they realize you're not going to walk down here on your own. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to force you. Okay. So had she taken upon herself to ingratiate, to, to surround herself in what his passion was, just to push him forward, maybe he would have took her with the, him because she's not baggage at that point. She's not a liability. She's an asset. Did they already have children at this point? Because you know, the second one grew up to leave as well, right? Mm-hmm. Was his music career taking him away from being a father? Is, did that play a part in it? We can chop it up, but I mean, I, I don't... I mean, you're saying, you point out these things if you have all the facts of what genuinely happened. So I'm asking, did the movie go that far back to say what really happened as far as to why he left? He left because he wanted to pursue his music career. Okay, so was his music career taking him away from his fatherly and or husband-like duties. You can say that. Okay. That makes sense, I guess. Okay. I mean, I don't... At that point, it don't matter. Okay. Like, the relationship with your spouse is over everything else. Mm-hmm. Y'all are the partnership. Like, you don't start a business and then put the employees over the business. No, the, the needs of the business come first. Mm-hmm. So, the needs of the marriage, the needs of the unit between us, that comes first. Mm-hmm. Y'all going to get right with whatever. Mm-hmm. long as y'all needs to suffice, y'all can, everybody else can chill. I give y'all everything y'all need. Mm-hmm. I make sure he good in every dynamic I possibly can. Mm-hmm. Your kids' needs are simple. Like feed me, change me, nah, pick me up. It isn't nothing that you have to direly sit down and 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 dive through, but before they're teenagers. So you got thirteen years to prepare yourself for the need to have them like sit here and really pull apart certain aspects of a person's personality to find out if they're on the right track or not. Up until that point, it's just it's it's, it's being a regular parent. Once they hit those ages where they start to. Like become adults or have adult mindset, or be around adult situations. Then you have to start changing up how you treat them. So, uh, as long as the child is twelve and under, their parents don't really have to be around. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is the needs of the child aren't some isn't something that's hard to replicate. Okay. Like being a parent is hard. I'm not gonna take nothing away from that. What I'm saying is, what does a child need? Lots of time and affection, considering they're a child. Things that probably wouldn't allow you to go out and pursue a career. That's why a lot of people put their careers on hold when they have children. I mean, do people put their careers on hold when it's two parents? What you mean? Like, if it's two parents, do they put their careers on hold when it's two parents? Depends on the compromise of the two parents. Which one is willing to sacrifice? Like, because Beyonce had three kids. Beyonce rich, she can afford to have other people raise her children. No matter. 
Yes, it do. No, it don't. Okay. If you want to pursue a career or something, you can make a way. You can, but it's going to be a compromise in some department, whether that's your parenting department or the career that you're trying to pursue. That's true. But I'm saying, it's a way to do it. It's just all about how much this matters to you. If it matters enough, you're going to do what the fuck that, whatever it takes to do it. That's true. But you're going to have some type of loss. You're going to have some type of downfall. Something's going to have to suffer enough for you to put this much effort into something else. You can't remove from one cup and put it to another and then expect the other cup to still be at the same level. That's not how it works. To me, it's, it's almost like like we take it because this isn't something you clock in and out for that this is impossible. I can say it's People have I whole, there's a compromise that you don't have to set aside. One's going to have to be more important than the other. People you can't have the same effort as both of them. I get that, but people have whole fucking jobs. The entire time they have kids. Like, you get six weeks to not work. So, for six weeks of this child's life, he sees you as this person that's just always around him. After that, 40 hours per week, you somewhere else. So, if you treat your career like a job and you give it 40 hours a week, you're still around your kids. You're still around your spouse. This is just your job. Depending on the job you're in. So. But how many careers do you know take up the average time of a normal job. As many of them you want to. Okay. If I cut hair and this is my business, I'm going to cut hair at a set hour mark. Mm-hmm. I'm going to cut hair from 10 to 7. Okay. Those are the hours that I'm open. I'm open Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday because barbershops are usually closed on Sunday and Monday. That's 40 hours. Okay. So, if I'm a singer, I like performing in nightclubs. Nightclubs are usually open from... 10 to 2, 10 to 3. So I show up to work at 10, perform, sing songs, play with, do the band, whatever the case may be. I leave. That's my job. This is how I make money. This is how I put food on the table. This is how I make a living. So this is how I'm going to afford us all the benefits that we have. Mm. So in totality, what I'm doing is a job. Mm. To say that I can't work because I have children sounds stupid because everybody does it. I'm saying most people put their careers on hold. Why? Because their careers are taking more time than they would like. You got to look at it like what lawyers do. Lawyers don't have a regular eight-hour day. They have 16-hour days. Because they, they choose to be the type of lawyer they are. That's their career, though. You have to decide whether you want to pursue that career knowing that it's going to take that much time and also knowing that you are a parent or that you plan on being a parent. You're still going to be some type of compromise. This is to what be I'm, to the level that you want to be in that supposed career. That's what I'm saying. Like If you want to be at that level fine. You have to make arrangements to make this point and that one on the same scale. But even as a natural, even natural, even even people that don't try to pursue a career, you get time, Mm -hmm. you get money, or you have a social life. Mm -hmm. You can only get two out of the three. Mm -hmm. If you have money and a social life, you don't have no time. Mm -hmm. If you have time and a social life, you ain't got no money. So, in any dynamic that revolves human nature and progression, you can only have two of the three somethings. It's always going to rotate. You have to choose what's most important to you. And if you manage to get all three, now you don't have time for anything else. Literally. I get that. Like, we're on the same page. My whole point is you have to put in some type of compromise. But what would be the compromise in this dynamic? Depending on what level of the dynamic you're trying to get to. Like the same career. If your same career have you on the road five days of the seven, what time are you having to actually be a father and a wife or a father and a husband? So, truck drivers. What time do they put to the side? If they on the road, how much time are you at work versus what 
the time that you have to spend with your child. What does a child desire most? Do they desire you coming home with money or spending time with them? What child you know prefer their dad to just come in once a week and throw them some money versus actually spending time and being a father? I mean, I, I, I can't speak on that. I can, because my dad thought I don't want to lose money. And that ain't the case. So I don't. You I don't. I don't know. Aspects. I don't know what it feels like to have a father or father with money. So, like, you know. I get that, and that's what I'm saying. You pointed out these facts as if you can actually understand or can relate to, and you can't. So you can't say this. You don't have children. I don't have children. Who's to say my argument is even true? I feel like the only people who can have these discussions truthfully are the people who've gone through it. I feel like it's human nature at the end of the day, and human nature doesn't change regardless what you used to. Maybe. Human nature, I mean, human nature is when I pursue something, there's going to be backlash. Mm-hmm. There are going to be things that happen against me because I'm naturally moving in another direction. Mm-hmm. Even the most simplest form is walking. There's wind resistance. Mm-hmm. There's the challenge of actually moving forward in the tedious act that it takes on your muscles. So there's always going to be some kind of negative drawback on anything that you do that involves you moving. Mm-hmm. If we're going to say that I'm trying to protect my muscles from getting tired and that's the reason why I'm not going to walk nowhere, that's retarded. Mm-hmm. No, push through it and make the shit happen. That's because the the good in that particular action outweighs the bad. We don't need talk, to move. We're not even talking about, the, we're not talking about exercise. We're talking about literally just walking. I mean, that's something that the body requires. So you can't just sit down all day and be like, well, I'm protecting my bones because I'm not moving. You, my, the good is going to outweigh the bad. You feel like you're doing good at this point and then... Now your ass hurting all the time. Your bones stiff and shit. Okay, this is this wasn't the right thing. I need to get up and move. Like you still got to look at the end of the day, what compromise is being made for you to do whatever it is that you decided to do. I get that. I feel like we split the halves though. I feel like you're putting everything in a general position as if everybody can do everything the same way, and not everybody thinks that way. That's why a lot of people don't succeed at their careers because they were unable to. Fulfill their parents' side or wife's side. I feel like you are passionate enough about something. When something matters enough to you, you would do whatever it takes to make sure it happens. It just usually people have kids and that becomes their passion. Okay. But if you're a person that can sustain multiple passions at once, then yeah, I, I get it. If you're somebody that can care about yourself, care about other people, care about doing something and care about your relationship all at the How same time. How does a person like that come across? That's, that's what we're trying to address. That's what I'm saying. You have what people who are walking like? around with insecurities who can't do this shit when it should be normal. That's the point. You should be able to multitask mentally and emotionally. You should be able to put self aside when it's time to put spouse forward. You should be able to put spouse behind you when you realize you got to do something for yourself. So it's more of time management? It's not time. That's not time. It's, it's no, under- I mean like you have to know when to pick these particular aspects of yourself to the side. It's understanding that everything isn't about you. And when it is about you, the person you with should be able to understand that. Mm. That's what it comes down to. Okay. So, Toby had a passion for football. He played at North Texas. Like I watched the game where he played against Bama. Mm. Did really good. Was probably the best player on the defense. Number 44. When he stopped playing football or he didn't get picked up to... If I match your homework, is it going to 
closest. I doubt it. What you looking for? Time. Uh, I just told you what time it was. Well, you um, didn't have your watch on. Oh, oh. So I figured you would know what time it was without just looking at your phone. Um. I didn't even lose my train of thought. Damn you. Okay. Oh, okay. So, he wanted to play football. Mm-hmm. So, in the dynamic that he wanted to play football, if his career didn't pan out with that, and he met her. Mm-hmm. And he was like, okay, I want to start rapping. So she was like, okay, yeah, I think you're good at that. You should you should pursue it. You should do 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 mm-hmm. And that's all she did. I don't think he would be the rapper he is now. It was her taking what he wanted to do and making it her own. So she took whatever she had in mind and put it behind her and found the parts of her that went along with what he wanted and she moved that to the forefront and then pushed him to it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's how every relationship should work. I'm not saying they are the, 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 the quintessential role models for how a relationship should be structured. I'm not saying every man needs to be a rapper so with a wife that does choreography. What happens in a case where they both have an actual passion of their own? Who's to say whose career needs to be put on hold in order to pursue the other partner's career? If you ain't got no business together, you ain't got no business together. Okay. That's what makes sense. That's what I'm saying. Like, it ain't always, it isn't always a, she wasn't supportive, supportive enough of my dreams. Sometimes it just ain't meant to be. It's not a, this is how everything needs to work. Somebody needs to be willing to get rid of what they want to do or what they've always wanted to do in order to make this work for somebody. I, mean, I think that's what I think that's more so what I was getting at. Like, at some at some point you have to realize, okay, I love you, I care about you, I'm gonna support you, but I'm unable to give you the level of support you need and also pursue my own dream. Then that person is not worth it to you. That's and what that comes down to. You should have to put yourself on hold, though. You both should be able to make equal compromises to push each other on, or it's to not, the decision that y'all just ain't meant to be. Like you not, can't make shit happen. It's not about you. It's about both of y'all. I get that, but it's not about you. I didn't say it was. But what you're saying is my passions versus what you want. So you're I putting mean, yourself I'll be away for both of y'all to make things that y'all want to happen happen together. Or when you y'all have, need to come to a decision that it ain't meant for y'all to be. When you have, you have to think about if your passion is dancing mm-hmm. and my passion is rapping, mm-hmm. those two go together. I.e. What just took place. If your passion is healthcare and my passion is football, those two things go together. If my passion is podcasting and your passion is interior design, those two things can go together. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's all about taking what you want, fusing it with what the other person wants. That's compromise. So if the husband is a rapper mm-hmm. and the wife is a lawyer, he you needs legal contracts. Be a representative of rappers. That's what you need to do. No, what I'm saying is she needs to be his lawyer. In every meeting he has, she needs to be there because she's a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Every contract that gets drawn up, she needs to look at it because she's a lawyer. Mm-hmm. So her career and his career are tied together now. Everything that he does, his wife is there. Mm-hmm. Everything. Mm-hmm. 
And even if she's a lawyer, she's still on stage with him. Or she still partakes in whatever he does after that. But she always makes sure he in check because she always does. Imagine somebody who always has legal representation around. I don't have to call my lawyer. She's in my passenger seat. So no matter what happens to me, my so lawyer's point, present. At what point in time is she doing her actual job if she's if she's making her only job to be your lawyer? You're not going to be her only client. She has other shit to do. She can't be by your side realistically all the time. That's not how it works. No, I mean, I'm not saying that she's going to be there 24-7. No, no human being. The way being. you said it out, I was like, that goes together. They can make this a together type thing. And realistically, that's not how it's going to be. I that's mean, no contract is drawn up impromptu. You, you set meetings for this. So you tell them, hey, 6 o'clock on Thursday... We got a meeting. Okay, cool. Okay. Court is usually held in the morning time, so. Okay. They have emergency meetings throughout the night and stuff like that, too, but okay. Huh? They have emergency court hearings and whatnot throughout the night as well. I've learned that. It's weird. But, okay. Emergency court hearings? Mm Mm-hmm. Throughout the night? There's no court open past, like, 8 o'clock in the U.S. Well, that's what somebody told me, so maybe they're lying. But, again, I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. Not my department. But I don't see how realistically I can always be by your side. No, I'm not saying that they're always going to be by your side. I'm I mean, using that's that. The words I'm taking literally. Exactly. Okay. Like I, I mean that in the, in the metaphoric sense. Like everything that he does that mm-hmm. involves his career, she's present. Mm-hmm. So, even still, if she's a rapper, if he's a rapper and she's a lawyer, those two things can still go together. It's all about how much that person means to you. If that person means enough to you, you will make whatever time you need to to help push them forward. Mm -hmm. And that goes for both parties because they're not worried about themselves. They're worried about you. Mm -hmm. If y'all both have that mind space. So in the case of the couple in the Chris Brown movie. Mm-hmm. Somebody was being selfish. I and feel, you just automatically assume it was the wife? I feel like both parties were selfish. He put her in a position where you have to choose what you want or be. And she put him in a position to say, well, I don't really care about what you're doing enough to say I want to put myself aside. And that was, that's what was portrayed in the movie? I'm... Well, that's just what you put together out of what happened. Based off the character profile, to me, that's what happened. Because the character profile she has is fear, meaning she doesn't want to be a part of it. It wasn't, this is stupid. It wasn't, this doesn't work. Or it wasn't, you're not talented. No, the people she around were actually talented. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't stupid. They actually could move forward in it. She just saw it as, I'm not going to have the same level of access to you that that I have now. So I don't want you to do it. So that's putting yourself in front of it. And then he said, I'm not finna sit here and waste time with you when I could be doing this. Mm -hmm. And I can have the life I've always wanted. Mm -hmm. So both parties looked at this from their own mindset and said, I'm gonna keep what I want instead of trying to fuse with what you want. I agree with that. I agree with that wholeheartedly. That's a huge possibility. It's just, initially, when you pointed out what happened, you blame, you placed all the blame on her. Versus no. looking at it as a two-way street. I mean, he's not in the movie, so I, I, I started talking about her. I wasn't putting blame on her. Okay. Like, how this started was her insecurity. The, the conversation started by her insecurity and Chris Brown's talent in mm-hmm. the movie. Okay. 
and the reason why she has that insecurity. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't saying it's her fault. What I'm saying is she has an insecurity. Her insecurity is her fault. True. Because it's like like I said, it's insecurity, not out security. So it's not like what takes place outside of you is what takes place inside. Mm-hmm. So as a result, whatever she, whatever manifests in her when she hears certain statements or she does certain things is the reason why she behaves and acts the way she she does. Mm-hmm. So to me. The end result is always going to be somewhat the same. Mm -hmm. Like it's. I see this behavior take place. I try to protect myself. No matter what dynamic you put it in. So she saw this behavior take place. And she tried to protect herself. And how she tried to protect herself. Was keep her baby son away from music. Mm -hmm. She tried to make him feel bad. For having a passion about it. And that's wrong. That's wrong to go about it. But in a. In a case of relationships. Which is what initially struck this conversation. You've been traumatized for some one reason or another. Mm-hmm. This person you're dealing with has a pattern that they expose that this is about to happen. You go into another relationship and they provide those same patterns. How do you realistically not become afraid if they're doing exactly what that person does? Is it you wait long enough to see that this pattern is not going to become that or another option? I'm going to say it in the short version, else, and then I'll explain. How do you learn to walk up and down steps? How do you? I mean, you, as a child, you saw a lot of steps, you kind of got scared. Mm-hmm. Repetition got you used to, okay, they're just steps. Now so you don't even think about it. basically saying you continue to observe this pattern to see if it's going to happen. Not necessarily. I get what you're saying. Technically, that is it, but you, it's an element we're leaving out. Okay. Learning or becoming okay with a behavior doesn't mean that the behavior is okay. Okay. Is classifying it as something that's important by its by the person you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. If if you're dealing with somebody who talks to a lot of people, mm-hmm. talking to a lot of people isn't a crime. Talking to a lot of people doesn't denounce anything. Mm-hmm. Talking to a lot of people doesn't hurt anybody. Correct. However, what you're looking at is the opportunity for something to happen by talking to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. That's the insecurity. Okay. So, if I have an issue with this person just talking to people. Not necessarily exhibiting any physical behavior that I can see in in my eyes that would make me feel some type of way. Mm -hmm. It's just the opportunity that he has by talking to a lot of people. He could be in a room with 100 people and 80 people would talk to him. Mm -hmm. That's 80 possibilities for something to go left. That's 80 possibilities for him to find interest in somebody else. Mm -hmm. That's insecurity. Instead of saying... I'm the person that's here with the person that 80 people want to talk to. True. So it's all about how you dissect that information. Like, you can see the behaviors of something all day, but the behaviors are never the same. Like, I know what it looks like to have a father for an alcoholic, and I know what it looks like when I go to a bar. I can't say that the man sitting next to me at the, at the bar is a bad father mm-hmm. because my father was bad and he drank. Mm-hmm. But that's what most people do. They project what their insecurities are on other people mm-hmm. to say what something is and isn't. Sure. Like, I don't respond well to men hitting women. I just don't. It strikes a nerve in me. Mm-hmm. I don't deal with people taking advantage of people. It strikes a nerve in me. I don't believe in it. I don't even ask people for shit for that very reason. Because I don't want them to think that I'm trying to get over. Mm-hmm. So, taking that at face value if if I say this person drinks and he did this 
and he beat my mama or he slapped his kids around that the dude next to me, he drinks, so he must do this too. Mm-hmm. Because the catalyst for all that happening was alcohol for you. So mm-hmm. now you have a dark place for alcohol. I don't want to drink because when people trigger. drink, this what happens. You have a trigger for alcohol. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So your insecurity is based off that. Mm-hmm. So now everybody that drinks, you're going to be like, I don't like you drinking. Why don't you like me drinking? Because something that you experienced, not me. You can't project what happened to you all to me. I'm not that person. True. So everybody that walks around trying to punish the new person for something somebody else did is crazy. True. I agree. But everybody looks at that in the sense of like the actual events that took place. They don't look at what the catalyst or the trigger is. Mm-hmm. The trigger is inside you. It's not what that person is doing. It's the trigger. Mm-hmm. It's the behavior. It's the, the, the mindset. It's the action. It's the word. It's whatever takes place that makes you put, oh, no, 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 no. Last time something bad happened. When this 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 came up, no, no, Mm-mm, I don't like it. But why? Why don't you like it? Why why is this something that bothers you so much? Because you're trying to protect yourself from something. Now a man close fist jumping at you, mm-hmm. okay, that's an abusive gesture. Mm-hmm. But until that person that you're placing the trigger on does something to you specifically that puts you in harm, I don't see why this is a problem. Now, if they get sloppy drunk and they start driving home and driving over curbs, get into an accident, okay, yeah. So, it's the intent behind the action itself. Exactly. It's always the intent. Okay. I can see that. Like, I agree with it wholeheartedly. Like, I, like, you know my situation full well. So, it's not something you have to break down for me. I get it. It's part of life. something you need to work on as a human being. And whoever your partner is... It's a two-way street. Something has to be worked on, basically. At the end of the day. Like, that's why I'm big on the setting the environment for what you want to happen. Like, I don't mean go and change who you are. But be considerate of whatever it is that's triggering to your partner. Like, you know your partner used to get beat on. You're going to have to think to yourself at some point, okay, that gesture was a little bit aggressive. I'm sorry. Or think before you do it and decide not to. I mean, what just we talking about like jumping at them? Yeah, or like just. I mean, that's, that's raising your voice. Although you don't have a bad intent behind it, just because you didn't have a bad intent behind it, doesn't mean it still didn't raise those same triggers. Like, okay, I, I know that. she does I, this, so I don't need I to raise get, my voice. Up. I get that, and that makes sense. I agree wholeheartedly with that statement. But you have to look at the person who they raise their voice and, and initiate. No. If not a, in the I don't scenario think, I'm thinking of. I don't think anybody that does, if you can have a conversation without raising your voice, the mm-hmm. other person should be able to too because you're not raising yours. Mm-hmm. Most of the time when people get in the shout matches, somebody shouts first. Right. So, I... I get that. I agree with that wholeheartedly as well. I mean, like, in a sense of you talking to your... You get into an argument with your girlfriend and it's getting to a point where you feel as if whatever you're saying is not conveying to her the way you want it to. And in that particular heat of the moment, your voice raises. Your intent is not to scare her. You're getting frustrated. But at the same time, she's unable to receive your message because at this point, she's scared. Because you've done something that's triggered something that she has gone through in the past. Again, your intent was not to scare her. But still, in that motion, with you knowing her history full-blown well, you know what you've just initiated by raising your voice. And then, okay, now we got to address the flaws of the individual first. 
Like you're getting, you allowing yourself to get this mad because she can't hear you. Why don't you just choose a different way to communicate? A lot of people don't do that though. I get that, but I'm saying that's what the flaw is. Yeah, that's that's the the first action that should be taken. But a lot of people don't go that way. I know. A lot of people end up in shouting messages because they feel as if shouting is going to deliver that message. That's not how it works. What I'm saying is, I understand that this happens, but we can't say every situation that happens that way has this catalyst as the start of it. True. So what I'm saying is, we have to speak from a position of allowing conversation for everything. Mm-hmm. Allowing conversation for everything. Mm-hmm. Every time this happens, there's a catalyst for this situation. Mm-hmm. Not knowing how to communicate effectively is the catalyst. Correct. So that's what needs to be addressed in this scenario. Mm-hmm. Learning how to communicate, him not being able to communicate is what causes aggression. Mm-hmm. Aggression is what causes her to be recluse. Correct. So we fix both things if we learn how to communicate. Correct. But a lot of people aren't going to see that. You're right. Like, I'm not going against anything you're saying, but... I think what you're doing is you're trying to give pause to people to act retarded in relationships. You shouldn't be in a relationship if you don't know how to navigate one. I think everybody I'm just more realistic Everybody don't know how to do this. Like. I get, I get that. that. <laughs> I, I know what you're saying. Everybody don't know how to do this. Well, learn how to fucking do it and stay out mm-hmm. of relationships until you do. Because Correct. you're not going to have a successful one walking around like this. Correct. A lot of people need to be single for a very, very long time. Got a lot of shit they need to work on. Like people, and then a lot of people don't really realize these supposed triggers that they have until they're already in a relationship. And this is creating some type of conflict. Now y'all got a problem that y'all need to set aside. You want to know why? Why? People don't reveal who they are to nobody but one person. Correct. And that's because people issue. feel like I can't let nobody know my business. Or no. You're a human fucking being. There ain't nothing you're going through that you, you alone as a human being Correct. are experiencing in the human race for the very first time. Correct. And nobody's asking you to be a wide open book and tell your business, but in a sense of your character and your personality, that needs to be released immediately. Like, a lot of people give that the little facade when they first initially started dating. Like, I dated with you. Like, I didn't really know what my personality was, so in my mind, all I need to do is act like him this is what he wants he wants somebody who can relate to him and within our time of dating my personality of who I truly am started to come out and that was a realization like okay mm, I don't really know if that's a good match on the level that we trying to go for and a lot of people take that time to run away so to speak I guess it's a, a decision of whether or not you need to stay in whatever situation you're in or just get the fuck on. And that's, I think that's scary for a lot of people because it's scary for me. And I can't say what everybody else feels. Again, totally different people. You think totally different. But a lot of people hide who they are within the first year of their relationship. And then by the time you expose who you are, it's a bigger problem because it's been a year of you just hiding who you are. And now it seems like you're changing. Yeah, now it seems like you're changing yourself based on based upon what your partner wants. Mm-hmm. And that's what I meant when I said earlier as far as your core values. It's not you changing who you are to match with that person. It has to be a genuine issue. Not just because, okay, he don't like that, I need to change that. That's not how it works. That's what I meant in a sense of, depends on who points out the flaw in your supposed core value. If my boyfriend points out my flaw because he don't like it, that doesn't mean it's truly a flaw. It's just some his ass don't like and expect me to change. And that's not how a relationship works. 
It depends that's what on, my point was. It depends on what I get you, but it depends on what it is. Sometimes I know. That's what I'm saying. It, if the flaw is something that's an insecurity with him, yeah, he needs to address self first. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It all depends on who points out said flaw in your core values. And that's what I was getting at when I initially brought up the topic. You can't take everybody's thoughts or opinions at face value and be like, Well, he said this, so must be right and that's not always true. It depends on how they talk about. That's why I said not always. Yeah. There's always multiple variations of the story. Like I, that's what I was getting at when I initially brought it up. Like a core value is something that you just strongly hold on to. So if we can mm-hmm. agree that that's what that is, you can strongly hold on to a lot of things that right. not necessarily Both negatively and positively. So you have to, like I said, it comes down to the only people that are going to survive in relationships are the people that know how to put whatever the fuck they want behind them. Mm-hmm. And until no you can about you when you exactly one. when you can do that, you can have a successful relationship mm-hmm. because both parties are going to have that ability. True, and both parties are still living their free selves. They're not changing themselves in order to make this work. And if they are, it's something that they both mutually agreed on that needed to change, which is going to create the positive environment that I'm always harping on. Like, I think my biggest flaw is when I'm trying to explain something. It always comes off is one-sided or me looking like well Jasmine you just pin yourself first and it's not what I meant like I, I need to work on I guess the words I use in my delivery because I complain about delivery a lot as well but it's always a two-sided stream like you have to provide that environment for that person to grow and it's not saying you need to only do it but both of y'all need to create the environment for growth as a unit as well as separately because you both need to be in your right minds individually in order to make this creation beautiful as a unit so I think that's what a lot of people miss like you're trying to tell your partner what you feel would make the relationship better and either you're simply not understanding it or your partner has an issue with delivery I don't think stuff like that don't even need to come down to talking I think everything needs to come down to talking no, I mean, that, I feel like that's how you initiate it. No, talk like ninety-three percent of communication is nonverbal. Ninety-three percent mm-hmm. of all communication is nonverbal. Mm-hmm. So if seven percent of the time we involve talking, that means seven percent of the time our relationship is going to consist of words. Mm-hmm. The other ninety-three percent involves actions, behaviors. So if I'm going, to, I can say, "Hey, this is how this is how I feel. We should do this." Mm-hmm. I'm going to then practice that behavior so much so it becomes regular. You're going to start to look at it like this is okay. This is what this is how this works. But do you not announce that this is what you feel needs to happen? How is your partner supposed to hop on that bandwagon? You just gonna all of a sudden start acting that way, and they're supposed to all of a sudden start acting the same way? Oh, Why not just initiate the conversation to get this on the same page instead of trying to wait for that person to see what you're doing and then decide to do the same thing? Because you know who you're dealing with. That's the other part of relationship. It feels like it makes it more complicated. Granted, again, I'm not in a relationship. I don't even have experience in long term, not married. I don't have shit to do on that end. So you could be right. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me about skipping gonna, the talking part. If we're going to if we're going to assume that two people are together and they've been together long term. I'm saying they're in year four, year five. That's not what I was referring to, but continue. Go ahead. We can take it down to year two. At this point, you should know enough about this person to know how to manage this relationship. Mm-hmm. The only time you don't know is like the first six months after you meet somebody when you don't know who this person is at all. 
that's the thing I'm getting at though. Most people don't show who they are until after year one. So therefore you're still in the communication phase in year two. Not because you wanted to be there. It's so, because it took this person this long to expose who they are and that's a problem in our society. Not saying that's what happens with everybody, but you can agree that that's normal in this time frame. Yeah. But at the same time we know what the flaw is then. You ain't after what after year one. No, it ain't even that. Like you still you ain't being yourself. Everything that you're talking about that causes flaws in relationships deals with the person in themselves. But both people are doing it is what I'm saying. In our instance, no, you were probably always yourself, but you're dealing with the person who didn't know who the fuck they were until maybe two years into what we've been doing. Keep in mind, this is year three. Mm-hmm. Not everybody is like us. Not everybody has this person who knows who they are and then another person who's a blank canvas. Not everybody will shelter like I am. You got people who are going to a relationship and both of them are still learning who they are. Not everybody is as solid as you feel you are. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's a more so, common issue. I feel like you're trying to simplify something that happens in a larger percentage than what you feel it happens because you don't go through it. I think it happens all the time. I think it happens 100% of the time. However, when you deal with people who have the capacity to understand what life and relationships are, mm-hmm. it changes. But at what point do you get that capacity? It doesn't come... You don't... A lot of people don't have it when they first initiate this relationship. When you realize that there's something bigger than what you're used to, mm-hmm. you allow yourself to learn. I get that. But you don't keep the, the time same value. This learning is what I'm saying. It doesn't happen when you want it to happen. You it, have to realize shit on your own. Who said it's going to happen in six months or a year and a half from now? Who determines if you learn algebra in six weeks or a year? That's school, though. That shit that's still learned behavior. Like I can learn how to... That's in the front. That's the time frame that everybody goes through, though. Everybody doesn't go through that relationship-wise. I, you don't go through a class for relationships. Hey, this is what you need to do. What I'm saying... three months, and this is what you need to do in seven What months. I'm saying is, when you notice a bad behavior, when you notice something that's wrong, and when you're doing everything correctly, like you're exposing certain details and mm-hmm. ideologies about yourself, mm-hmm. when that is starting to take place and you notice something is wrong, the person is going to say, hey, I don't really agree with that. Mm-hmm. At that point, if you care about this person, you should care about everything they say. Mm-hmm. And you should go, why don't they care about this? Right. What about many? this behavior doesn't seem right to them? Let me address this within myself to say if there's something right or something wrong. If Correct. it's something that's completely neutral, then it's like, okay, so why don't you feel this way? Correct. If it's something positive, you need to check that person. Correct. But if it's something negative, you need to check yourself. Correct. But I agree with you wholeheartedly on what you're saying. My thing is, when you're in a relationship and you're trying to build this damn near perfect personality or this perfect portfolio, who's to say that you are going to initiate, hey, I don't really fuck with what you're doing. A lot of people are going to hide that shit, hide the things that they feel are negative about their partner because they don't want to initiate conflict. They want to look over that, and that's the issue is what I'm saying. I, what you're doing is you're giving... You're creating more of a problem because you're not speaking up at the first part. It's like people who get sick and then don't decide to go to the doctor until a year later. It's too late now. We can't reverse what's going on. Speak up and when you first notice it. And a lot of people aren't doing that because they, want, they don't want to create conflict. There's a difference between my chest hurts and a coughing. Mm-hmm. My chest hurts. It hurts every day for some reason. I don't know what's wrong. That's something serious mm-hmm. that you need to go to the doctor for because you can't say where it's coming from. Mm-hmm. You coughing. Take some fucking medicine that makes you stop coughing. Mm-hmm. It's a very big difference when it comes to the, the level of seriousness for the problem. So, in a relationship, when a problem arises, if it's something petty as fuck, mm-hmm. let that shit the fuck go and do whatever it takes to get over it. Mm-hmm. If it's something serious, however, 
that's something you speak up about. I get that, but you gotta look at it as if the normal human being take in mind the people no, who see, actually go I see to what the, the doctor I see what the problem something is. is really wrong. They're scared to go to the doctor because they already feel like this is serious. They don't want to initiate this. I see what the problem is. You give way to the dumbest motherfucker. That's what you're doing. You don't have a standard for how somebody should operate themselves. You're making a case for everybody on this spectrum from 1 to 100. Okay. I don't give a fuck about the last 50%. Let them stay down there. Because until y'all decide to come past this 50 yard line and understand that something is greater on this side, mm-hmm. we ain't going to talk about it. You're not going to process this information anyway. Mm-hmm. I guess so. I mean, that's how you look at it. Like, yeah. you have to deal with people that want to. Like, I'm not going to go around a pe- bunch of people that just like eating cookies and donuts with workout videos. They're not trying to hear me. True. They're comfortable where they at. True. So I'm beating a dead horse at this point. True. I'm going to go around the people that don't feel that good about themselves, who are trying but just don't know how. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go, hey, got this method. I mean, I'll try it with you. I'm not going to guarantee that it works, but I know it'll put you in a better position than where you're at now. Okay, I'm going to point out something that has nothing to do with this conversation. It just made me it made me think about it when you used the example that you did. When you decide to debate on people on Facebook who aren't budging, you sit there and beat a dead horse all damn day because at the end of the day, at the end of this debate that y'all having, you still feel the way you feel, they still feel the way they feel. What be the point of being a dead horse? It's not a dead horse. If nothing's changed, they hear me. They just don't want them. You can tell by the way somebody uses words because if they, they understand start responding you. to you. What now? Because they start responding to you, like they get to come out and go back and forth to you all day, and they eventually start responding. Because that's usually what happens. You keep going, and they're like, "Okay, whatever." That doesn't mean that they received your message. It could be. There's a possibility. No, but see, that's not. You're, you're saying sure not, happened. and then saying a the possibility. So you no, feel not. No, I'm saying that's a possibility of what happens, but you don't know that in order for you to continue to be disappointed dead horse. You do know that. When you know how to debate, you know your opponent. You know what the argument is. You know what side of it you stand on. Mm-hmm. That's why people that debate debate, and people mm-hmm. that don't don't. It's literally a it's a skill like any other thing. Mm-hmm. When you're debating somebody, they're going to present an argument. True. They're going to say, the reason why I feel this way is this. Mm-hmm. You then take whatever they said mm-hmm. and you address it with fact. Okay. If what they said does not align in fact, mm-hmm. then you can down reduce their argument to just something that they feel. Mm-hmm. You present your argument that's rooted in fact. Mm-hmm. At this point, you're winning this debate. Okay. Now, they can walk away from this debate saying, I'm just not going to agree with you. Okay, fine. That's what I'm saying. But it happens the majority of the time. But though. the seed is planted. Mm-hmm. You have to address this now because you know that what you're saying isn't factual. You're saying this garbage because you want to. Mm-hmm. It's like blind Trump supporters. They know good and goddamn well mm-hmm. if you look at this shit on paper as if Obama did this shit, you wouldn't be cold cool with it. True. But you blindly support this man and you don't hear nothing that comes to you. But you know, in fact, that it's true. Because the same people that voted Trump in office just started complaining that he's betraying us when his government shutdown happened. Mm-hmm. So when the fact revealed itself, that seed that had been planted already started to grow. Mm-hmm. My point in debating isn't to let everybody walk away from this debate with a changed mindset. Mm-hmm. No, I want you to walk into this fucking wall three months later. And I want you to see this face when you do. Every fucking time. <laughs> Which is why when people argue with me, they walk away from it. When they come back to it, they go, yeah, man, here come bell. Yeah, here come bell. <laughs> Cause you ain't got shit to fucking say now. You had all this bravado in your voice a couple months ago. Notice, don't nobody argue me about Alabama football no more. Nobody. Why? You go have to prove shit when you keep winning. 
So all them people that, man, Bama ain't shit. Y'all don't put nobody in the league. Okay. I said my piece. I made my arguments. I said my factual information. Mm-hmm. Now we wait. Bama win another championship. Bama put more people into the league. Bama win another championship. <laughs> Bama put more people into the league. Now you sitting there like, roll tide. People looking around like, oh, you ain't got nothing to say now. Oh, okay. <laughs> you can do that with anything. I would do that with relationships. I do that with with, with, with comic book <laughs> stuff. Like, it doesn't matter what the dynamic that you're arguing about is. You present factual information. That person has to make you, mm-hmm. your point seem invalid. Mm-hmm. Once you make a person's point seem invalid, the debate is over. But this is where most people try to insult the person talking. Mm-hmm. This is not debating anymore. That's insults. So at what point of the debate do you start out laying facts? Like when you initiate the debate, don't you already start out your paragraph with a fuckload of facts? Therefore, your point has already been made or do you sit there and go sentence by sentence? Oh, we, if somebody came by and said like, man, Todd niggas always think they the shit. I don't necessarily agree with that statement. So, I'm going to come in like, what you mean? Mm-hmm. Then they're going to say, well, every time nigga I know do this, now we have the basis for an argument. Because now we have the <laughs> point. Now we have the seed. Now we have what you have a problem with. Mm-hmm. So, now we're going to address that. It's not the But that's statement. a simple solution right there. That's every time nigga you fuck with. There's nothing for me to prove. That's that in itself. So, there's but no she, debate. She said every. But I'm saying... This debate could be over in one sentence, whereas with you, this is going to lead into a seven-hour debate. Okay. Like, your fact is right there. That's every nigga you can deal with. So, therefore, you can't say all niggas. When she continues to combat your conversation, that's beating the dead horse because she's still going to feel like with every nigga I fucked with that was tall did this. I got one question. be wrong in your own. I got one question. How often do you debate? I don't debate. Exactly. So you see how when you see a fact presented, you shut the fuck up. I know that, but a lot of they people don't. don't. Let them talk then. You know, I already pointed out what you planted to see it already. I know that. But they if I respond <laughs> with the fact and they come back with some shit that's dumb as hell and trying to come First of all, everybody tries to debate the same way, but everybody ain't good at it. I ain't got no reaction to that. So debate. <laughs> it's like it's like this. I present an argument. Mm-hmm. Or I say something, somebody doesn't agree with it. Okay. At the point that they don't agree, they state a counter-argument. Okay. The counter-argument then gets looked over, and then facts are provided and say, okay, I don't agree with this because of this. Okay. The other person then can take that information and try to skew it to say that it's wrong, or then present a counter-argument with facts. Okay. That continues to happen back and forth. Somebody's going to run out of bullets. Whoever runs out of bullets first <laughs> tend to lose the argument. Okay. That's how debate, like, in a debate, nobody's <laughs> technically wrong. In an argument, somebody can be wrong. In a debate, there's no, in a debate, like, in an argument is, you came home late, you was out hoeing around, I got a problem with it. We finna sit here and fuss back and forth about dumb but shit. But even within a debate, you're still proving that somebody else's point, opinion is either worthless or completely wrong. It's still the same outcome. Somebody loses. You just said somebody gonna run out of bullets. That's exactly. still the same thing. In a healthy debate, I mean, you have two different sides of something like abortion. Mm-hmm. In an in a, in a actual... Like, I'm not saying every single one when okay. I say this. Okay. What I mean is like when you have people that like debate team people mm-hmm. who sit at the top of this pedestal when it comes to debating. Mm-hmm. They take on issues that everybody has a problem with. You have to present different sides of the argument. Mm-hmm. So, nobody is actually wrong. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You're presenting you're presenting factual information on both sides. Abortions do cause trauma to women who go through them True. through traumatic experiences. True. You can become infertile from abortions. Mm-hmm. But also you do have people that go through life and have bad things happen to them. For instance, they are raped mm-hmm. or they had sex at 13 and didn't know what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And they get pregnant. Right. Those are people that should be afforded that luxury to erase this mistake. Right. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. My thing is the people from what I've seen, the people that you debate with don't have any facts. They, the people that you debate with debate with emotion. And that's something that you talk down on all the time because a lot of women are emotional creatures. So my thing is, if you know that this is where this is going, why continue to entertain it once you already lay out the facts? Like, what would be the point of being that dead horse? Entertainment? That's what I be wanting you to admit. Like, I've been trying to get you to just say that for the longest. Like, you always have this, I'm not just doing it for the hell of it. I'm doing this to provide a clear no. explanation of why this happens. Like, the you back know and, how this the back and go. The back and forth is entertainment. The end result is always a positive. But the, the end, end result, result, the end result is what I stand on. The end result, the end result is, is the first th- sentence, though. Like you provide facts off real. That's how you initiate. But the facts are not going to be what you run into later. Mm-hmm. It's the repetitiveness of me saying this one sentence, and when you see it again, it's like fuck. Like you can't walk away from <laughs> it. Okay. So. What's when the wrong? fuck did I put on the t-shirt? When did you not have on a t-shirt? I took a shower last night. I got in the bed like drawers. That was it. You know what? You did. When I came in here before I went downstairs, you didn't have on no shirt. I have no idea when you put on a shirt, but you had on when I came in this morning when you had under the cover. So I don't even. I don't remember. know when it happened. I don't even remember getting up to put on. I'm a sleepwalk. I lost because I had clothes over there, and I know you didn't get cold. Well, come you may, did you get cold last night? You I may have gotten cold. I don't think I would have put on a shirt. I just covered up. But okay. Oh no! <laughs> I literally just thought about that when I looked down and saw the shirt. Was like, when did I put this on? Anyway, I saw that, but I didn't think anything of it because in my mind, he know he put on the shirt. But okay, continue. <laughs> um, when I debate people, it is it's comical because knowing I I have fun when I'm debating somebody whose mental prowess affords me a good time. I have fun when someone's mental prowess doesn't afford me a good time. Meaning, I feel like I'm just running all over this person. Like, they have no business arguing with me. I feel like that's what you do, though. Like, I, ain't, I ain't gonna say that. From what I've seen, that's what you do. You debate with people who have no factual background at all. Like, you already know I've ripped. These are all emotional responses. I think you see people that I argue with that you're friends with. Or that you and that's see what I'm them. saying. That's why I said that's what I see. Because I can only see what I'm providing. Because I'm in like two or three groups. Sports I get groups, that. comics groups. And I'm debating, people, debating that all the time. Again, I get that. That's why I said. That's why I said I'm not going to say this is what you do. This is just what I see. So I can only go off what I'm being provided. So when I do see you debating, it's always with some random broad about some stupid. It's like, bro, it's a dead horse. Move the fuck on. Carry on. When I ask you about it, you always have this almost... I guess an educated answer when the answer behind it really is just entertainment and it can be so simple. And that's the thing that always throws me off. Like, bro, I ain't never seen you just argue with somebody who actually got facts. It's always some emotional broad or some emotional as That shows you what your timeline consists of. That shows me who I'm friends with. I'm not friends with the people you're debating with. The people I am friends with is something that you always initiate, not them. So if it's always you bring your black ass on that comment and start some shit. <laughs> so. 
show, but it shows the people that you're friends with. Okay. These are people who have a lot of beliefs and ideas. They have no factual backing behind what they do. I agree on that 100%. And I'm not looking for ideas from them, so that doesn't bother me at all. I get that. I'm not saying <laughs> it should. But however, when you say you don't debate nobody with facts, you have to consider the people that your timeline consists of. Mm-hmm. I debate people with facts. Your timeline just doesn't afford I you the opportunity to see it. I never said that that was not true. I know. <laughs> you just point out a fact. Yeah. Okay. I'm, so what I'm saying is... <laughs> You always see me at a restaurant. Okay. But all the restaurants that surround your house are fast food. Okay. So your logic is he always eat fast food. No, that's not true. Because why I say they're nice restaurants. They're yeah. Applebee's, Chili's, you only see Ruth you, Chris. You only see what's in your apartment. Exactly. I, I agree with that. Like, so there's nothing to debate here. Until you change the fast food restaurants around your house, mm-hmm. you're not going to see the, what I see. I get that, but the thing is, if I get this now, that means you got that a long time ago when I first started to ask, why the fuck you always debate with people? Why not say that then instead of waiting to now to say, just entertainment? Like, I'm sure you've seen a long time ago that the people I see you debate with don't have facts. So when I ask you, why do you always be a dead horse? Why not say, fam, I'm not always being a dead horse. It's just what you see on your timeline. I do that for entertainment. You provide the answer. I thought that was already understood. Like, you're not going to you know, do nothing that doesn't entertain the answer. You. you provide the answer that applies to the shit that I don't see. So, therefore, it doesn't make sense to me because I don't see it. I'm, when I ask you something, I'm referring to what I see. So, basically, and you it's provide not, the answer to what is, I don't see. This is see. showing something. So, basically, you don't agree that nothing is fact unless you can see it. Majority of the time, it, it has That's to be some problem. type of... It has to be proven for it to be fact. No, it how doesn't. Else can I not, how can it be fact if, it's not, if it can't be proven? Air has taste to it. Fact or not fact? I've never tasted it. I can't say. You've never tasted air? Not unless there's like a foul scent in the air, no. So if you walk into a kitchen and somebody's cooking apple, apple pie and your mouth starts to water, does air have a taste? At that point, I was so Before this conversation of us talking about this, have you ever had a conversation about the way air tastes? I've said out loud, it tastes nasty in here. Like, I ain't got a foul scent. Like I said... If it ain't a foul sin or something, I was well, like, oh. What I'm getting at is... I've never because, had a debate on the conversation, no. Just because you, you, you like don't you say, establish something... Like if you were to say, right now, I would agree with you because I've done it before. Just, what I'm getting at is... It's a reason why I'm, I'm getting... I, I'm okay. Getting, baby. Mm-hmm. Baby. I don't have any pressure on it, Okay. No, I'm just saying, like, you're going to eventually get going to start weighing out. Mm-hmm. But... <laughs> Um, you talking about air? When you have something that is a fact, and you know it's a fact, mm-hmm. if something that you don't know at all, mm-hmm. but happens to be a fact, and you're presented with it, you have to accept it as truth. Until you receive information that counteracts what you just learned as a fact. So basically, the proven, the innocent to proven guilty type thing. Technically. So I could say sausage is pork, Mm -hmm. and you would appreciate you would uh, go along with that because you know sausage is pork. Mm -hmm. But if somebody told somebody else that sausage comes from turkeys because all they eat is turkey sausage, Mm -hmm. that person's fact is fact until another fact shows up to prove it to be wrong. I guess so. Like there, there's chicken sausage. Mm There's turkey sausage. There there's is. turkey bacon. There if is. I said bacon comes from pigs and you say this turkey bacon, it's like. Well, if I say bacon <laughs> comes from turkeys, 
And you're going to be like, turkey don't, bacon don't come from turkeys. Bacon come from pigs. But it's just turkey bacon. But like that's something gonna, that can be proven. That's still something that can be proven. I get that, but you don't know it exists. I'm taking like, we're taking from, like you said, from the simplest mindset. Mm-hmm. So, yay, for instance. Mm-hmm. Portia don't eat meat. Okay. So when Portia did create certain things for Gabe, it was she made turkey bacon. Mm-hmm. So if Gabe grew up thinking that all bacon came from turkeys, when he was in the environment of seeing pork bacon, somebody said, oh, that's, that's I don't eat pork. And he's sitting here chewing some bacon. It's like, you eating, you eating pork right now. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not. This is turkey. No, it is not. It is pig. Now you have a debate. One person is going to be wrong. Mm-hmm. But it's Gabe is right. He's right, but he can also prove that. He's right based on the fact that bacon does come from turkeys at this point. He is. But, but in this particular instance, in this dynamic, he's mm-hmm. wrong. And Gabe might walk away from that and like, I don't believe you. Blah, blah, blah. And then he get around somebody that makes bacon again and he looks at the package. And the main ingredient says pork. Or you can Google it right now. Instead of waiting for we're, another we're assuming this is a child who doesn't have access to the complete level of I get, I get what you say. Stop taking movies. the 1% <laughs> and trying to make it the 100%. Leave the motherfuckers that's 1% Bruh, down now. Stop giving them, stop giving people me, back doors. I'm talking about for me asking you a question as to what what information you provide. We're not talking about you. But that's what it stems stop. from. Stop. No, it's not about you. We're not talking about you. We're talking about the... Stop. Bruh. All right. We're talking about somebody that thinks... Bacon only comes from turkeys. That is not you. So we understand that the internet exists. That's a moot point. Somebody that thinks bacon only comes from turkeys, and they eating some pork bacon, they don't believe that the bacon they're eating is pork. Mm. So there's somebody house that's making bacon, and they pick up the package of, of the bacon that this person just started to cook. Mm-hmm. They read the back of it and they say pork. Mm-hmm. At that point, they're going to have this come to Jesus talk with themselves for a split second about, damn, he was right. Correct. That is what I live for. That is why I debate. It's not to what make you walk away from here understanding that you're wrong. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to do it now. If you admit that you're wrong right now and you agree to disagree, I actually get mad. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, well, damn, I'm going to get the satisfaction of later. Which brings in the entertainment part of it. No, no, that's not the entertainment part of it. The entertainment part of it is the satisfaction. I just said it was brings in the entertainment part of it. I thought you meant because they didn't get it. Okay, no. I heard it wrong. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Like, it's always a myth. Like, it's people who look at madness as madness, and it's people that look at madness and see a method behind it. There's two different ways to look at something, like, all the time. It's figuratively and literally. Literally. That's what I'm saying, though, but when I, in my mind, because I give you the credit that you seem to deserve. You're the person who always looks at everything several different ways. And in the several times I've asked you, why you always debate with people who have no concrete facts? You see it's an emotional debate versus factual debate. You've always said something along the lines of I need them I want them to generally understand it versus the actual truth is fucking entertainment because you know this is an emotional creature who has no facts. Like and you just admitted it that you do it for entertainment. And anything that you do that's entertainment value in it, that's a moot point. Okay. Like, what do you do that's not entertaining? Mm-hmm. Nothing. Everything that you do entertains you. Everything. There's okay. nothing you do that's boring and shit, and you do it all the time. Okay. So, telling you that it's entertainment then is like saying walking involves moving. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that's understood already. That's why I've never said it like that, because I feel like that's understood. 
Just so, then you made it like, okay, we was, I'm like, okay, that's entertainment, period. Like, that's why I meant by it. That's the reason why I continue to let it happen. So what's the point of... It's entertaining. If that's the case, what's the point of you pointing out the fact that that's all I see on my timeline? If your whole answer is entertainment every time, why give me a different answer? Because that's your timeline. You're not. I get that, but what's the point of you pointing that out if your answer between why you debate if that person has an emotional background or a factual background is purely entertainment, period? Why has that never been your answer until today? Because that should be done. I live a life that once understood shouldn't have to be explained. If it's not, if I'm asking you a question, it's obviously not understood. No, you can ask a question about something, but the baseline understanding is always constant. Cars need gas to operate, but there are certain things called hybrids. Some people think hybrids are just some chips that work off electricity. Mm-hmm. No, it means it has an engine that's compatible with electricity mm-hmm. and fuel. Mm-hmm. It's a hybrid engine. Okay. So you understand that cars move from fuel. Something has to fuel this car. Okay. So that's the moot point. So a person is still asking the question about it. It's something they clearly don't understand, correct? They don't understand it's not strictly electricity. They still need some type no, of No, some people understand full well. They just like answering the question because the answer they got, they don't like. Okay. Why do people go to church? I'm, ask, I'm just asking um, the question. I'm just, like, I'm just asking. From what I would see, a lot of people were just raised to do that. It's just something they were raised to do. Some people go to church for entertainment. Some people go to church because they're bored. Some people go to church because it's the only thing they know how to do. Some people go to church to find God. Some people go to church for peace. Some people go to church to pray. Mm-hmm. Some people go to church to find a spouse. These are all correct answers. True. But if every time you ask me why I go to church, I give you the same answer, I'm not lying about why I go to church. I'm not trying to make an excuse or hide something. That's just the reason I do it. The moot point is that people go to church for a reason. Uh-huh. So... I get the fact that there is a reason, but what is that reason? It's the question that we're asking. We're not asking you the question for you to say, duh, bitch, because I want to. Like, we get it. There's an answer behind everything. There's a reason behind everything, but what is that reason? It's usually the, I don't say usually, it's why I ask questions. I don't know about everybody else. So, you and I, are totally different parts of the world when it comes to shit like that. Because if I ask you a question, it's because it's clearly not understood. It's not because I just want to keep asking the fucking question. It's because I still don't get it. Because when you I'm asking somebody a question about something things. that you don't do, don't partake in, don't have no care about, it don't matter what answer they give you. If that's the case, you saying entertainment will make it will make a difference, and it does. Because now I get it. This is something your ass like doing. It's entertaining to you. You don't do it because it's for the greater good. You want to provide this. It's just fucking entertainment. No, that's the answer that you wanted. That's the answer that you gave me. That's the answer that, that you wanted. I gave you answers all the time. When I finally gave you the answer you wanted, you accepted it. The answer that you gave me didn't make sense to what I was seeing, but what I was seeing was only because of my so timeline. So even entertainment, it still will be a lie. Even entertainment still shouldn't satisfy you, but it does. I ask you why you argue with these particular people who have no factual background. I entertainment argue, makes period. Sense. I get that. I didn't say why do you debate, period. I said why do you debate with these people who have no factual background that you know is not going to go anywhere. I don't have a respected person as to who I debate with. You say dumb shit, I'm going to check it. Period. I didn't say period. I said period. I, I know what you said. It's just, it's, it just ruins the whole... Yeah. Carry on. 
So you only see 35% of the debates I, I have. That, I never went against that. But why does the satisfaction of what I do confer- confirm? Because it makes sense now. Because I know you too damn smart to just be arguing people who you know for a fact don't understand what the fuck you're saying. They you too un- damn smart for that. They understand. They don't want to. They don't agree and they're not going to because they're coming from an emotional background. It's why we used to get into it all the time because I'm emotional as hell. So now you admitting this makes sense. Okay, one plus one equals two now. He ain't doing this to prove a point. He ain't doing this because he knows he's right. He's doing this because it's fucking entertainment. He already know how this gonna end. This is bear we talking about. He already know how this whole shit gonna end. He just he bored. He got time today. That makes sense to me. However, when you're actually being challenged with a real debate with a person who has facts, the answer that you usually give me makes sense with that. It don't make sense with a random brawl who's just emotional. But at the end of the day, all of them require the same answer. It's still what I'm still doing. Okay. Like, it's still trying to prove a point. Okay. Because but it's proving a point that's actually worth proving versus just wasting fucking time because you know this bitch emotional and she just talking. But There's what a different is she intent em- behind it. What is she emotional about? Because the only time I argue... Whenever I argue with the simple people that be around your house, it's usually about relationships. Mm-hmm. That's not a simple construct. So they're literally just going off the shit that they think and they know. Exactly. It's not a, emotion. To be honest, the people that come with facts is usually a dumb conversation. Mm-hmm. We argue LeBron and Michael Jordan. Who gives a fuck? But it's facts being proven. It's okay. people conveying information that's actually factual. Mm-hmm. However, when you talk about relationships, which is something that involves every fucking body that's actually serious, now you're dealing with people that don't process information the same way. Because you got so people it's not just things. entertainment is on both sides of it. I mm-hmm. get entertainment debate Michael Jordan and LeBron. I get entertainment from talking to people about relationships. It's the same construct. Okay. So under, entertainment is the moot point. Okay. Because you don't do nothing that you don't find entertainment in. Mm-hmm. You watch movies, the news, TV shows, read books, do puzzles, play games, watch TV. All of this comes from entertainment. So, if the person that I'm talking to or having a conversation with is, they present an argument. Mm. They say something about relationships that I find to be either laughable, redundant, or just wrong. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say a counter-argument. I'm going to say one thing, and I'm going to let them determine if this is a debate or not. Mm-hmm. I want to see how much you believe what you're saying. Because a lot of people get on Facebook to just fucking talk. I agree. Everybody that, have, everybody that has a platform don't need to be on it. I agree. Some people just like spewing shit to spew it. Some people just like hearing themselves talk or seeing themselves talk. Exactly. It's entertaining to them. Exactly. So the people that do that, that just say shit just to fucking say it. Mm-hmm. When they are now presented with something that's completely different, meaning this person is telling them, I get what you're saying. But, I know why you're saying it. But. But it's wrong. <laughs> and then that person has to determine, like, how much do I care about what I just said? Mm-hmm. The people that don't care, they're just on there talking just to talk, those are people that leave first. Mm-hmm. I'm not finna even go, go down this road because I don't care that much. We don't have a debate. It's the people that try to stand beside the dumb shit that they said. Is it dumb if this is something they've actually gone through, though? Like you said, when they have these empty debates or arguments for that matter, it's because they're speaking from an emotional standpoint, right? Mm-hmm. So if you already know it's dumb, 
this is just purely entertainment, right? Like this bitch stupid. But I'm gonna keep on. I got time. Carry on. No, it's not. It's not just purely entertainment. Like you don't deserve to walk around being dumb. But you got people who aren't gonna just take what you say because you said it. Everybody experiences different things. I like, get that. You have to experience these things yourself in order to go for it. That's why I don't necessarily believe in that. You're supposed to just take what people say and run with it until proven otherwise. Eventually, you are going to run into a wall. That's the way life works. Correct. So that is when I get my satisfaction. Mm-hmm. You walk into a wall and you have to admit within yourself that something that you were told was right because now it's manifesting. Mm-hmm. Now you have those to make people come back and tell you, hey, you were right about that. Like, how, do you get, how do you get to the point that you know you made it's this Facebook. difference? They talk about everything. You know this change behaviors. You know this change patterns. You know mm-hmm. when stuff happens. Like when you come in on the girl, why your ass always in your profile picture? <laughs> Which I've said to people multiple times before. I believe it. You like to start shit with folks. I believe it. And then after a while, you start to see more artistic ass face shots and sitting in the car and yeah. <laughs> that wall hit. Every <laughs> nigga I meet always just trying to have sex when you got your ass in every profile picture. That ain't got nothing to do with it. And then the next three dudes, yeah, man, your ass fat. That's what I like about you. <laughs> You sitting there like, is everybody that noticed, like, is that all they care about? Wow. I don't see how else. I can't relate to that topic. Carry on. That's what I'm saying. But that's how it happened. I'm, I'm giving you I a simple it. argument. I, I believe it. I just, I can't relate. So there's no debate here. There's no conversation to be had. I'm, I'm, Carry on. In the simplest form, that's how it happens. Okay. So you don't have to come back and tell me, you know, you was right. All these dudes, you just want me because I be putting my ass in my profile picture. Mm-hmm. No. I stopped seeing your ass in profile pictures. Okay. Yeah, she ain't put up an ass shot in six months. Boy, that one. Walk away. <laughs> okay. Mm, look at that. She in a relationship now. So somebody actually saw her for something else other than her ass. You don't have to get a <laughs> thank you or a pat on the back for every life or for every idea that you put in somebody's head that manifests into truth. Mm-hmm. That's not what I'm doing. That's not what I do it for. Okay. In some weird way that's the, my that's the way I try to change the world it may okay. sound laughable it may sound crazy but literally you improve the mental state of the people around you I get it it's providing a mental challenge mm-hmm. not necessarily a challenge no it's a challenge it's a challenge for that person I'm not saying for you because in your mind you already have all the facts it's a challenge for that person because they have to sit down and then decide whether or not they're going to listen to your ass is he just being a misogynist dick or is he being truthful that's a challenge for the other person. It's not you. That's why a lot of people don't like you because they feel like you just a misogynist head and want to argue out of damn time. Yeah, I don't think nobody dislikes me. I don't think people have parts about people me they don't, don't like. People don't dislike certain things about you. <laughs> I don't think nobody like flat out hates you. <laughs> you can't hate. Yeah, I don't think you got like. I don't think you can actual, hate me. I don't think you got actual enemies. I, I don't. They don't like things about you. Too nice. You. Okay. I I'm too nice. Like I literally give way to everybody. Like I don't just. I'm not mean to nobody. Okay. Now, people get wrong with me, and I present to have to give you this ass whooping. <laughs> but I'm not mean. I agree with you. I, there's no conversation to be had here. I've never seen you be mean to anybody. So, no, it's your baby, but you come out, like You come out your face and say, man, right, cool. I'm going to beat your ass verbally. <laughs> you going to hate me for a second, but at the end of the day, it's going to be like, I mean, we can go back to being kids. Because I said, right, cool. <laughs> No. 
I'm you gonna get these words, but I'm going about my business, and I'm gonna see you later. Like, what's up, girl? You straight? Girl? Like, I'm the person. I get that because you, you will mentally damage somebody. I eat Samantha, the whole emantic thing, and then she made a status about um, people saying something. Then you be like, shut the fuck up. You get on my nerves, or you you read whatever they say in their voice and be like, bro, shut the fuck up. And then you come in it. Yep, I do with you all the time. Unnecessary as fuck. Being a dick. Bell. Like, bruh, we ain't, we don't, we don't need to talk. We stay your friends on Facebook, but we don't have to Which, come say it. And I feel like that's how she felt, because she came off, her response off root was defensive. Like, and? Nobody asked your ass to come over here, bruh? She asked. I get that. But she wasn't expecting your ass to respond. <laughs> Not saying you're wrong. I'm not blaming you at all. I'm just this saying is, she automatically became offensive is, because of what happened. This is previously. what I mean by giving pause to the one percent. It's literally what happened. I know that, but you're giving pause to the one percent, finding the aggression behavior from the person that came and commented. The mind should be turned on the person asking the fucking question to the four thousand people she's friends with. Every time you post something, how many friends you got? That's how many potential comments you got coming. True, and she has to decision whether or not she want to entertain or not, or be offended or not. I exactly. Just, I never so went against that. I'm she, saying that's why she got offended. It don't matter why she got a fucking offended. I don't I, care. I didn't say you did. She asked the question. I answered the motherfucker. The fact that she got offended is her personal problem. Okay, you didn't yeah. expect nobody to show up and give you negative because all the men that you have in your timeline want to fuck you. Okay, Bill. Now you're dealing with somebody that don't give a fuck about fucking you. So the person is talking to you straight up. Mm-hmm. When you're dealing with somebody that has to talk to you straight up, you have to address what the fuck they're saying because they don't have no ill intent behind what they're saying by trying to fuck you. Mm-hmm. All these other dudes pop up in your timeline giving you like, oh, you're so beautiful. Do, 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 do. And do, 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 that's that's what I'm saying. Okay. Like she could ask Vontae a question, and this is on record. Mm-hmm. You can go ask Vontae yourself. Mm-hmm. If she asks 